Welcome to the official podcast where the bombs get thrown. I'm your host, me, Shayla Bogan, and I introduce to you the Mike Bomb Podcast. All right, welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast. We're finally back live with your host, May Shayla, your host, Stacey J, and we're kicking off this episode with our special guest, Miles Garrett from Fox Sports. Miles, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah. Hey, guys. Um, I'm a sports reporter here at Fox 5 in Atlanta, uh, kind of a specialty in covering the Falcons. Um, I do cover about everything Atlanta sports wise, though. I cover the Braves, the Hawks, uh, Georgia football, Georgia Tech um, and the Falcons. So, yeah, just about everything Atlanta sports. Yes. Awesome. So obviously our girl Stacy here is a huge Falcons fan and she's a huge Atlanta sports fan. So, of course, you know, Stacey, would you like to kick it off with our guests or would you want me to just get everyone loose? Oh, absolutely, Miles. Again, thank you so much for joining us today as we are live. And as a specialist on all things Atlanta sports, what are you most excited about this year for any Atlanta sports team? It'd be the Falcons, Braves, United, which had an amazing game. All the listen. If you are ever in Atlanta and the Atlanta United are having a game, you absolutely must go. It is an all-around experience. You have to go. But yes, Miles, what are you most excited about for Atlanta sports this year? Yeah, absolutely. I have to echo what you're talking about with United. They're starting off hot this season. They had a hell of an off season. They lost Joseph Martinez, so mm. a lot of uncertainty with how they would do. But so far, everything's looking really good. Um, yeah, you're right. The environment's crazy. I, I, I myself haven't gone to a game yet this season, but I definitely need to. It's been really busy with work, so I haven't really had the time. I've been covering the team, haven't had the chance to actually go. Um, but uh, yeah, things are looking up for Atlanta United. Um, really excited for uh, for the Braves, of course. Uh, always a contender here in Atlanta. Uh, two years removed from a World Series. I think uh, they're coming in with a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year. I think they're all a little disappointed with how last season ended. Matt Olson's uh, arguably been the best hitter in spring training so far, seven home runs. Uh, so he's looking really good. They're getting some guys back from injury, Ronald Acuna, uh, Mike Soroka. Mm -hmm. uh, so a lot of guys there uh, with the Braves. It's going to be a really competitive division. I mean, it's the best division in baseball, the NL East with the Phillies, the Mets, and, uh, you know, uh, Marlins and the, the Nationals, man. But uh, uh, those top three is going to make it a, a very interesting division. And, you know, you got to talk about the Falcons. I mean, it's – this has been the biggest offseason in recent memory for for the Falcons uh, with all the cap space they've had to spend. Uh, they've been sort of hamstrung by that. A lot of fans don't really know this, um, you know, outside of the Atlanta sphere of why they haven't really been able to get better and why perhaps Arthur Smith and um, general manager Terry Fontenot have had maybe a little bit of a longer leash uh, mm -hmm. because they haven't really been able to add their own guys. This is the first offseason where they've actually been able to add some talent across the board. Um, and, you know, add that in addition to whoever they get in the NFL draft. They have the eighth overall pick, so they'll be able to to have more influx of talent. Um, and, uh, yeah, this this is a year that a lot of people are expecting them to 
maybe not make the playoffs, but at least be in the conversation for the playoffs. So uh, it's it's an interesting time in Atlanta. The Hawks are kind of struggling a little bit, but uh, they got a new head coach. So uh, I, yes. I like to give all new head coaches a full off season before I, I judge them. And he started halfway through anyway. So uh, I am excited to see what Quinn Snyder can offer. Yes, I think I believe I just saw a stat that says that something about the Hawks being all like all win, the game loss, win, loss, before win, loss. and oh yeah, win loss they mm-hmm. are perpetually at five hundred constantly. And we have the playing tournament tournament coming up, maybe in like two weeks. I think the play-in it's coming up. It's coming up. Yeah, it's coming up. It's literally right around the corner. Mm-hmm. And I I haven't checked um, as of late, but I'm not sure if the Hawks are going to make the play in. But uh, <laughs> I am. Fingers crossed. They're going to have to go on a nice little win streak. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think they're going to make the play in. But going back to the Falcons, which I feel talking about them will be a great segue into the episode. Free agency has, well, not even free agency, just this offseason has been nuts as far as it goes. It's acquisitions and trades in the league in general. And the Falcons do have quite a bit of a leash. And I know we have actually here brought up a, for a few episodes, for a few past episodes about Lamar Jackson coming to Atlanta. If you have not already known, Tyler Haneke just got picked up as the QB for Atlanta. And a lot of people had their hat hinged on Lamar. So tell me a little bit about how you feel about that pickup and some of the offseason moves that the Falcons have made. And then we'll issue on into some of the other offseason moves a lot of other teams have made. Yeah, the whole Lamar Jackson talk, it's, it's a really interesting uh, topic of discussion because the one reason why I understand why there was talk of the Falcons maybe pursuing him is just because of the cap space the, the Falcons have. They have the second most cap space in the NFL uh, just behind the Chicago Bears. Outside of that, there has been nothing from the Atlanta Falcons camp or anything whatsoever to suggest that there is any interest in Lamar Jackson. And it's been baffling to to beat reporters like myself who see this all over twitter it's like oh the best fit for lamar jackson the atlanta falcons the atlanta falcons are expected i'm guilty of that that's why i want to listen before but it's fair no i mean it's it's been something we haven't been able to figure out because it just it seems to be something that's just people fans rather or whoever it might be uh analysts on tv who who just want to kind of create a conversation um you know a lot a lot of falcons fans um, and, and this is evident if, if you're in the Atlanta market, they, they want to see, you know, Michael Vick 2.0 and they, they've been wanting to see that for a while. They want butts in the seats and Lamar Jackson is that, I mean, he's the modern day version. I would say maybe to a better degree of Michael Vick, uh, what, what Michael Vick was for the city. Um, but at the same time, there just has not been any indication at all from the Atlanta Falcons that there is interest in Lamar Jackson. The, there's been zero reports of any meetings. There's been zero reports of any in- – like last offseason, for instance, I, I always talk about this, is there was noticeable interest in Deshaun Watson. That There were reports out there. So I'm glad reporting. you did. Yeah, it, it was from you know people with inside information that there was interest between the two parties. This offseason, there has not been that. And for some reason, just keeps getting linked to Lamar Jackson, you know, this, that, and the other. But that being said, uh, every indication this offseason has shown that they are going with Desmond Ritter as the starter this season. Mm-hmm. They wanted to, to get, they needed a backup. Uh, Taylor Heineke was that guy. Uh, and even in interviews uh, that we spoke to him uh, as soon as he was signed, he, was, he even told us, he said uh, in interviews and in speaking with the team, they told him himself that Desmond is the guy. Uh, he's here to help Desmond uh, be the best quarterback that he can be. Uh, you know, whether Desmond does that is remains to be seen. Uh, we've only got a four game sample size from Desmond Ritter. Um, he was mm-hmm. promising. He improved in every single game he played in. 
which is encouraging um, if you know if you're a fan or if you're an analyst of the team. Um, but the Falcons have so many issues outside of the quarterback position. Yes, you know you you always want to have your your star quarterback, your franchise quarterback to get you to the promised land. But as I said earlier, this is a team that has been hamstrung for at least three years now. That's uh, being generous. By the but cap. Yes, go ahead. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. I mean, you, you just haven't been able to add to any position on the field. And this is a team with a lot of needs, not out, you know, outstanding the quarterback position. I mean, you needed offensive line help. You needed so much help on the defensive front. And it was finally addressed this offseason so far. I mean, it's not even done yet, but – you add guys like Jesse Bates, David Onyemata. Um, you extend uh, Chris Lindstrom, arguably one of the best offensive linemen in football. Um, and those, some names are escaping me right now. Uh, they added another uh, linebacker, Caden Ellis, uh, from uh, the New Orleans Saints, another big guy there. Uh, and, of course, Taylor Heineke. So they're, they're adding players all across the board right now. And, you know, that again, this isn't even taking into account what they're going to, to do in the NFL draft, but it's something that, a lot of people, you know, this like I like I was saying earlier, this is a team that just has a lot of needs. And Lamar Jackson, I don't care if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're not going to win a Super Bowl by just adding one player and spending all this money on one guy. So uh, that's kind of my feelings on the whole Lamar Jackson talk. Okay. Um, speaking of which, you did bring up that you did help on the you addressed it a little the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, this was a big name that was highlighted by many teams, linked to many teams, the Browns, the Saints, the Patriots, somehow, some reason. I don't know why they was linked to New England on their lack of ability of paying players. Um, obviously, the Bengals, because this is where he came from. So more of the story is the Falcons landed Jesse Bates in free agency. What was your overall thoughts when you found out that he was coming today to yell. Well, he's actually been a, a name that's been floating around for the Falcons ever since free agency started. He shares an agent with AJ Terrell, with Kyle Pitts, with Casey Hayward. And uh, there's been, you know, I mean, he even mentioned it himself, but uh, videos that his agent posted of all of them at dinner kind of hanging out. So, like, yeah. it was already in the back of a lot of minds that, you know, this probably is going to happen just given the nature of, you know, what we're seeing. I mean, you know, you're, you're, you're guilty of what whatever you see at that point. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was a, it was a basic need that the Falcons needed to address. Um, they need a lot of secondary help. Uh, there's a strong argument that they could take a guy like Christian Gonzalez in the first round at pick number eight to uh, be that cornerback two next to AJ Terrell. Uh, they had a lot of promise uh, out of Richie Grant in his second year. He kind of, I'll give him a red shirt year. His first year, he didn't play a whole lot. Um, in Dean Pease's system, but he took a huge jump in year two. So I think they're pretty set with him uh, at one of those safety positions. Uh, Jalen Hawkins was okay, uh, but I think that's why they felt the need to add someone of Jesse Bates's caliber, a second-team All-Pro type player, to that secondary, especially when you have the resources for it. And uh, this is a defense that has struggled for years now, um, and you you add a guy like that, it's a game changer. Uh, now AJ Terrell isn't the only guy getting avoided. Uh, you have complete other side of the field that is now has to be taken into account. So uh, definitely the biggest fish so far for the, the Falcons is free agency um, and one that I think some people saw coming and, and glad that they came through with it. Yeah, a lot of Falcon fans I read, Stacy here being one of them, was extremely excited when he was signed. I'm like, you know what? I laughed. And I'm going to tell you why I laughed. I ain't laughed because of the Falcons. 
I laugh because of where he came from because right, I knew exactly. I, what I got I got controversy. I got a lot of controversy when I'm the one, and I'm probably the only one who predicted this before all of this happened. This was, I believe, it was like two weeks after the Super Bowl. I said, "Timeline sleep." The Bengals will not extend Jesse Bates. He he's not getting that deal in Cincinnati. So many Bengal fans blew up my mentions. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised. So it was a victory lap for you. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, oh, a huge victory lap. It was a huge victory lap because I swung and missed with a little bit of it when I said he won't play under the franchise tag because the way things was looking, he wasn't. Mm -hmm. Bengal fans celebrated in my mentions. They said, how we looking, Shane? Things like this. Turn around a year later, you run your big mouths, you lose the AFC championship game. I laughed even harder. I mean, Stacy is my witness here. I had too much fun with that. <laughs> then turn right back around, and now you're losing – well, they will argue, but I will say indefinitely your best DB and your and your second best DB, both to the NFC South this year. Um, One went to Carolina. The one we're discussing right now went to the Atlanta Falcons. I, I try to tell them. I try to tell them, but I did not expect them, though, to sign with the Atlanta Falcons. I didn't think that was going to happen. Honestly, I thought he might would have went to Las Vegas. I'm not going to lie. I did not I did not take into account AJ Terrell, Kyle Pitts, Casey um Hayward were already down there who were also tied into athletes first like Jesse is. I did not take into accountability that oh crap, they do have a lot of cat space. They do have the money to pay him. They TL, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be down there a lot so Stacy me and you definitely going to leak. Yes, I'm gonna be down absolutely. there a lot. So, wow, you yeah, miss a yeah, few I'm shows and you don't even there. get an invite to Atlanta. I just miss a couple of shows and I just get my invite got lost, but it's fine. My feelings aren't hurt. I mean, you could come too, Caleb, but I'm going down there to visit family. But Stacy already there, so you might so like you know, we might as well be there. But, um, yeah, so I get it. ATL is a great spot. With that being said, what do you think the team can expect from Bates now that he did get his money? AJ Terrell, KC Hayward, no slouchers. Atlanta's defense, pretty young, still question marks around here. Sorry, Stacy, but that's true. This oh, no. is a great I step. Mean, you can't argue this with that. This is a fact. great step. So, what do you think the expectations for the Atlanta Falcons will be headed into this year as the NFC South is pretty vulnerable and the way free agency is looking can be between them and the Carolina Panthers as the division plays well in their favor. Oh, 100%. I mean, this is might be, you know, hometown favor here, but I, I think the Falcons are going to win the NFC South in uh, this season just because of what Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have been able to do with the talent they've had the last two seasons. I mean, you, you've had predictions nationally. I mean, for instance, this past year, a lot of folks thought the Falcons were going to go, you know, two and 15, uh, you know, this, that, and the other. And again, I understand it when you look at it from an outside perspective, if you're not covering the team, you're not familiar with it. This mm -hmm. is a team coming off. You don't have a franchise quarterback anymore. Matt Ryan's gone. Marcus Mariota is there. Who knows who the running back is. You just have Kyle Pitts and a defense that has nobody but Grady Jarrett. That's what you see. And Arthur Smith was able, able to squeeze seven wins out of this group. And every single game, maybe outside of Cincinnati, the Falcons were in it. It was a one-score game. It was right there up until the very end. Transform this to another year. Now you have a quarterback who 
played better as he continued toward the end of the season, something to get excited about. You have a running back, Tyler Algier, who broke the rookie franchise rushing record. Cordell Patterson to back him up, who's been one of the lone bright spots for this team the last two seasons. Kyle Pitts, of course, now has a quarterback that he can have some chemistry with. He clearly had none of that with Marcus Mariota. Marcus had a lot of trouble getting Kyle the ball. Add that to Drake London, who's roommates with Desmond Ritter. They had a lot of chemistry to finish out the season. Um, He started playing like that first-round pick that we all thought he was going to be at those last four games. So you have a great young core just on offense, and you're going to add to that in the draft. Then you go to the defense. Like I said, the defense has got the most changes and the most exciting changes. You have a bunch of guys now. I mean, it's a brand-new defense now. Oh, yeah. By the way, before you continue, thank you for taking him out this division, even though I didn't really fear him (laughs) because of who we had. But – I just enjoy the misery that's going on in the former city he represented. Oh, of course. I understand that. I'd be saying the same thing if we were talking about the Saints. So it's, yeah. it's cool. Uh, but yeah, speaking of former Saints, David Onyemata, we signed him. Um, a lot of promise from Troy Anderson, who was the rookie last year, uh, I believe at a Montana State. Uh, performed very well the last few games of the year. Uh, D'Angelo Malone. There's a lot of young guys for this team. And they had some growing pains last year. And they got some valuable experience to actually play in those games. We all know what Grady Jarrett and A.J. Terrell can do. They're Pro Bowl-level players. Grady Jarrett arguably has been an all-pro player. I think has been overshadowed by just playing in Atlanta and playing for a team that hasn't been competitive lately. But, uh, you know, they're, they're not done yet. That's that's my main thing. There's still more moves to be made. They have a lot of money to spend in free agency still, and they have a lot of draft picks. So th- this team, I, I hesitate to kind of uh, say what this team is officially going to look like because I think they're still building it. Um, so based on what is currently on the roster now, as of, what is it? March 23rd. Uh, I think that this team is already exponentially better than what was on the field the last two seasons. So yes, I I think they will be right there for the NFC South crown. Uh, if not the champions themselves, I mean, it's a wide open division right now. As you said, Tom Brady's gone. Baker Mayfield doesn't scare anybody at quarterback. And, and Tampa about, still needs defense. They, they do. They need defense. Well. It's an aging yeah. group. Leonard Fournette is gone. Well. Yeah, yeah. offensive line. I mean, that was well. the issue this past year with them. And people talk about the Carolina Panthers, but I mean, it's a first-year head coach. They're going to have to learn the system. Uh, you don't have a quarterback yet. Who knows how that rookie quarterback will perform? Whether that's C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, whoever they might be targeting there. Uh, but outside of that, I'm sorry, Adam Thielen as your wide receiver one does not scare me. I mean, he's a good player, but I, I and of course, then you have the New Orleans Saints who are going to be trotting out who at quarterback? I, I, Derek Carr. Derek Carr. Derek excuse Carr. me, I, yeah. I forget. I always no, forget. Derek, I keep forgetting Derek Carr is is in New Orleans now. And, still and they kinda, resigned Jameis. As resigned Jameis. Great backup. I think Jameis is a phenomenal backup option. Yes. The big question mark, though, is going to be Alvin Kamara. Yes. So um, sure. they just picked up Jamal Williams from the G- Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. To me, that was a little bit of an indication that they probably don't know what's going on with Alvin Kamara as well. So that's yes. definitely a situation to kind of keep your eye on. Other than that, um, I don't want to misspeak, but I don't know about too many issues the Saints have as far as defense and offense. I think they have little things that they've they need lost to, a lot of players. Yeah, they've lost a lot of players hmm. um, before that. They needed little things to do. But with that being said, the NFC South is literally anybody's game. It is, it is literally anybody's yeah. game. So it's going to be an exciting season for 
everyone in the NFC South just to see what's coming up. I mean, as far as in the whole NFC, we have a way to go. But I mean, small victories. You take what you can get. You take them where you can get them. Yeah. <laughs> small victories. And I'm very excited to see what the quarterback situation is going to look like in Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just want to chime in here in this NFC South conversation. Now, I'm an AFC North fan, but I feel the same way about our division, but this is more about y'all division. Um, it's just a lot of excitement. Honestly, I think the ACL just might be lit this year because of all that happened, all that. It's just, it's just so much excitement because you don't know what's going to happen. But the way things are looking, I don't see no one outside of you, the Falcons, or the Panthers winning that division. I, I can't see it with the Saints. And I'm going to be completely honest here. I don't believe in Derek Carr. I don't. I don't think like he, I would have believed in Derek Carr if he was on a team like the Jets, like a team that's ready to win. Yeah, the Saints to me aren't ready Saints to win. Are. He needs that ready to make team. Yes, where it's literally got, like a plug and play. Like I believe that he would thrive in San Francisco. The 49ers, they're ready I to agree. go. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. he I just he was just getting it together with Devontae Adams in Las Vegas. Yep. Just barely right. straight. And Devontae Adams is arguably one of the best wide receivers in the league right now. So he definitely needs a lot more support than just a go-to guy. And I think, like, I got questions. Michael Thomas, to me, without question, is a top 10 receiver when healthy and went on the field. But he has not been that way. But he has not been that way (laughs) for the past two to three seasons because he has not been on the field. I got question marks about that. I got question marks about the run game behind Alva Kamara. I got questions marks about um, Derek Carr. I already said I don't believe in him. He's going to have to show me something. Know what else I got questions about? The special teams that has to show promise. You're going to need that in, the, in it, I think, in the NFC South this year, especially with the defense that's being built in Atlanta. And then I got question marks about the Saints defense. Can I trust them? To, to thrive this year. You got Cam Jordan aging. You got, you know, Marshawn Lattimore, who has not been on the field as much because of injuries. You got a lot of question marks with the Saints, and I do not trust their current head coach to get it done. I don't either. I don't. Yeah. So, and then you got the Bucks, who we all just agree is just a complete hot mess. Yep. Then now you got the Panthers. I say, like, they might go number two in y'all division as of right now because we don't know what we're getting out the quarterback. We don't even know who the quarterback is going to be or if they're going to take a quarterback. I mean, it would be a wise move. You got the first It'd round be shocking if overall they did. pick. But those draft, but that draft capital, though, it's, it might come back to haunt them because you gave up too much for that number one overall pick. And what people don't understand, and here's a fun fact, most of the biggest busts in the NFL history has came from the number one overall pick. It's very rare nowadays that the number one overall pick is not a bust so if i'm carolina i think this year's draft class with quarterbacks were overhyped in my opinion just a little um i think like they got question marks they still got question marks i don't really have question marks about the panthers defense outside of their cornerback position but i do got question marks though about their offense their offensive line their run game their quarterback. DJ Moore's gone now. DJ Moore's gone now. Receivers. And and this is and this is my thing. I am really interested in this Adam Thielen pickup. Just 
just it mirrors what I said about Derek Carr and the Saints. Like, if you just have that one go-to, what about everything else around you? So you have Adam Thielen there. Um, Leonard Fournette is no longer well, nice there. Nice to join us, Caleb. Uh, you know, I, I have, yeah, Leonard Fournette is lo, no longer there. Baker Mayfield is shaky at best. I mean, he's finished strong in in L.A., but I mean, it was in garbage time. Essentially, <laughs> L.A. had nothing to play for. They didn't. The Rams had the. the, the we're not even gonna get on them. But they had nothing to play for. So it, the the Adam Thielen pickup was very interesting to me. If you can get him, of course, it's always like good to get him. He's I feel like he's still a very good acquisition, but with all of the needs of the books. They're essentially starting over. Tom Brady picked his team. He built his team. Tom Brady is gone, and most of the team that he picked and built with him is gone as well. So they're essentially the starting over. Yeah. Mm. Ooh, I like that. We're going to talk about that. But, um, yes, so is my question is, like, are you going to now try to build around Adam Thielen? Because you are not building around Baker Mayfield. You are absolutely not. So that just what are your thoughts about that, Miles? Like, what, how do you how what do you grade them for picking up Adam Thielen? About the Panthers or the Bucks? I wasn't sure which team you're talking about. The Bucks. I'm sorry. The Bucks. OK. Um, yeah. The Bucking. Like it was said earlier. I mean, I think they're just the epitome of a mess right now. They're directionless because the Baker Mayfield thing was a here's a placeholder quarterback. You know, here, here's a guy who. Let's see what he can do type thing, you know, because um, outside of that, they haven't fixed any of the issues that plagued them last year. And they had the greatest quarterback yeah. of all time last year, and he was still getting sacked. They had a lot of offensive line issues. Their running game was basically non-existent. All they had on offense was really Tom Brady and Mike Evans. That was just about it. And on defense, you had your struggles. And I think Todd Bowles kind of showed us, who Todd Bowles is as a head coach. I mean, he was the same guy in New York. I mean, he's an excellent coordinator, fantastic coordinator. But I think he's shown what he, where he's limited as a head coach. And I don't mm-hmm. care how good the roster is. I think you saw a noticeable drop-off in coaching from Bruce Arians to Todd Bowles. And it was the same issues that you saw in New York when he was there. Just a lot of dysfunction, a lot of directionless football, um, just that kind of thing. And that just tells – I mean. When I, when I see that, that directionless football, I think, is the worst place you can be. Because when you're bad, at least you have a direction. You have a, you new, coach, <laughs> you have a new coach. You have, you know, a, a yeah. quarterback you can draft maybe. You know, a, a, a guy you're looking for. Like, when have you heard anything this offseason about the Buccaneers drafting a quarterback in the first round? You haven't. You've heard Baker Mayfield and let's see what Kyle Trask can do maybe behind him. That's not encouraging if I'm a Buccaneers fan. Not it's really not. The only good news is, is they won a Super Bowl before Brady left. Because yeah, they sold. I mean, I, I sort of compare it to maybe not to the same degree because I think the Rams spent spent way more. But it's one of those scenarios where you 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 know you you sell your soul to the devil to win a Super Bowl. I think the Rams did that by basically giving whoever they gave anything. the kid the caboodle, the farm, the house. Yeah, for one for, <laughs> for one season of greatness. Uh, I don't think the Buccaneers net necessarily did it the same way, um, but to a certain degree they did. Yeah. So we've we've mentioned it a few times and sorry you guys, I'm walking out of my office right now. Um, but we've mentioned it a few times. Frank Reich and I are back in the same state, y'all. We're back in North Carolina. Or well he's back in North Carolina. And- are you in Greensboro? I am. I was just there last week. <laughs> I am. I am. 
but yeah, we, we him and I are back in the same state. You know, not working in the same office this time. But how do y'all feel about that? About Frank Reich? Yeah, making the move to the Panthers. I know we oh on it, but how are we feeling about him taking over that position? I actually like Frank Reich. I, I think he's he was. I mean, he's put together a fantastic staff uh, for Carolina. I think that's been the most encouraging thing. Um, I think he was limited by what decisions he could have made uh, in Indianapolis under Jim Irsay. He's a very controlling owner, uh, especially everything that I've heard from a lot of brass in Indianapolis. Uh, and I always kind of liked Frank Reich. I think he's a very well-respected head coach. But outside of that, you just got to look at his staff. I mean, I love the Thomas Brown hiring. Um, I work with DJ Shockley. He played with Thomas Brown. He's spoken extremely high of him. He's a very up-and-coming uh, coach in this league. Uh, I think there's a few others I'm, I'm missing. I, I had a list of this, but I don't have it in front of me right now. But I do know I love the staff he's put together, and there's a good foundation. Um, I think they're going after the right quarterback. Now, would I – be too crazy about this quarterback draft class? No, but I think they're going after CJ Stroud and that's the quarterback I would go after in this draft class. Uh, I don't understand the Anthony Richardson hype at all. Um, I think some team is going to make a huge mistake getting him. What um, about Bryce Young? Bryce Young is an enigma to me because I think if he can stay healthy, he'll be fantastic. Uh, but I have a lot of concerns with the guy of, of his stature um, you know, because he, he's not uh, contrary to popular belief. I know a lot of people think, you know, he's a scrambler, this, that, and the other. He's just very good at navigating inside the pocket and, and finding spaces within the pocket. So that being said, if you're staying in the pocket, you're going to take a lot more hits. And I think the five foot 11, I think grade that they gave him was a little generous. Uh, I think he is a little bit shorter than that. I've stood next to Bryce Young and I'm five foot 11 and he's a little bit shorter than I am. So I don't know. Um, but uh, regardless, uh, to long answer for your question. I do like what Frank Reich uh, has been doing, and I think he was a good hire for Carolina. Uh, I mean, I may, like I said, I this is the second time we have been back in the same area. Um, but, I mean, for my time there, I do agree with what you said. You know, great coach. And I, I'd be interested to see what he can do with the guys he has and, you know, where he could possibly, you know, take any new pickups that they get in the draft. But just hearing him and Chris Ballard be on the same page about high character guys in the locker room or good locker room guys, I'm really interested to see how that philosophy transfers um, or translates with a whole new group of guys. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I think it was a great hire for them. All right. Um, yeah. So final question before we definitely let you go is what will be the expectations for the Atlanta Falcons heading into 2023? So if you are a Falcons fan, what do you expect from this team off the rip? I think the main thing, because number one, I, I know I said it earlier about the Falcons, maybe, you know, pushing for a playoff spot. I think the expectation shouldn't be, you know, this is a team that that it's a playoff team when you're you're watching them. I think the expectation for this Falcons team this season should be there is progress being made because this is the first year that you can actually give an answer to whether progress is being made or not with this coaching staff. Because as I was saying earlier, I give the last two years a mulligan just because of cap space purposes. So 
I think progress is the main thing. If, if you're seeing, I mean, they may not even be winning the game, but if you're noticing that it's looking like a good team, everyone's buying in. And I think they will, because I think that's been the theme of the last two seasons is every player looked bought into whatever Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot have been, I guess, sort of preaching as to what this team is about, uh, what their identity is. And I think if you see that progress continue this year, especially with new talent, and they're looking like they're going to take that next step to potentially be a playoff team, I think that's the best expectation you can have. Yeah. I honestly, I'm going to just say it. I expect the Falcons to win the NFC South this year. I, It's just Desmond Ritter, to me, didn't get a fair enough chance to show his progress. He didn't. And I think Drake London was a great pickup. And him and Kyle Pitts, I think the sky's the limit, especially against not one, not two, but three vulnerable defenses, in my opinion, in the NFC South division, which I don't know what other division can you, except for the 2020 NFC East division, where a team can go below 500 and make the playoffs. And I'm afraid that all at least one half of that division is going to be below 500 this year because mm-hmm. I don't see it. I, it was the I case this year it. or this past year. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, I, mean, I do not yeah. see it. My favorite line is the Falcons are notorious for making the bad kind of history all the time. So not wrong. <laughs> we're just going to hopefully a reversal of fortune this season. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> all right. Do you guys got anything for our guests before we close out this show? Yes, I have something for our guests and for all of us, actually. We didn't even scratch the surface of the craziness that has gone on in the past week and some change. Like, you think you're going to get to a stopping point so you can cover it all at once and then something else happens. So, starting with Miles, what is your most shocking move of the offseason so far? Of any team? Of any team. Ooh, that's a good question. Most shocking move. Um... I'm trying to think of the big names here. Um, I mean, the Aaron Rodgers saga has been interesting just because there hasn't been a move. Um, so I think that's been very interesting. Oh, man, put me on the spot here. I got to think of one. Um, hmm. Man, yeah, I, I, I might have to ponder this one for a second. Do you, do you, have a, you guys have a, a guess for this one? I might have to think about it. Yes, I actually have two, and I'll tell you why. My first one, we kind of touched on it earlier. Jamal Williams to the Saints. This was a very interesting move to me. The Lions are on the up and up. I've said repeatedly closing out the last season that they ended on as high as a note as you can without actually making the playoffs. The second team with that for me being the Jaguars. So much potential next season. Jamal Williams was a very, very big part of that. There had to be something going on in the front office, back office or something where he couldn't get much. I want to know why, because uh, of course he'll get a lot of of supreme time playing down in New Orleans. He'll be the front guy, but he was also the front guy in Detroit. So I am, I really want to know the, the small details behind why this move was made. Um, My second one is Juju Smith to the Patriots. Uh, fresh as a Steelers fan that one hurt yes as fresh literally off of the parade bus Uh, 
he has decided to go to the Patriots team who has serious needs as well. Uh, they do need a receiver, so it makes sense for the Patriots, but doesn't make sense for Juju. The deal was three years, $33 million. Maybe he wanted a bigger role. Maybe he wanted to shine a little bit more. I made a joke on my Instagram. One thing he won't be shining in is these TikToks because we all know Bill Belichick does not play that. So <laughs> another, why Juju? We want to know why Juju, well, I want to know why Juju Smith-Schuster decided to go to the Patriots. So those are my two shocking moves of the offseason. Those are good ones. Those are good ones. Oh, I think mine, it, although I feel like it was, at least for me, a quiet move, but in season, I really wasn't paying that much attention to the Colts after the trash season we had, but Garner Mitchell, um, as a quarterback move for us, I'm just surprised that, you know, somebody over 35 wasn't our choice. <laughs> <laughs> and I actually don't hate that for the Colts. He had a good little run down in um, Jacksonville when he had to play. And like you said, I, I love you and I love the Colts, but they also are in a rebuild too. They got rid of Matt Ryan. They're uh, Broke my heart. trying to see, yeah, the broken hearted. We love Matt. And, and, and it, though the departure, you know, wasn't. It's like putting down your old, you're the best dog ever. Right. So, like we still I'm love sorry. him. We love him. But um, I, I I don't hate that move. I don't hate Minshew for uh, the Colts. Uh, they're definitely looking to go in a direction mentioned before miles directionless team is a terrible team um and i don't think that it, it's a terrible direction for them to try to go in at least they're trying something out and it seems to make sense and if it does good for them if not back to the drawing board yeah yeah i definitely and they didn't have to give up too much either so That's true. um mine it, this is a hard one i'm i'm with you i'm with you miles this yeah, is a hard one because tough. I don't even know. I actually had to cheat over real quick and get on my phone right here. But I got to go with, honestly, um, so many. Because this, all of these have to do with my team. All of these. Um, I just like the way they, they got not one but two offensive line from the Philadelphia Eagles coming off of a hot Super Bowl run, even though they did come up short against the Chiefs. These guys, um, hard to get their names out my mouth. Sorry for this. This is a little cheat note right here. Please forgive me. I usually don't do this on podcasts. Ask them. I usually don't. But getting these guys out of free agency and letting them go. But you know what? Thinking about it, I'm not surprised because I feel like the offensive line needed to be addressed. So I'm going to just change that right now. But I am shocked that we got our hands on Patrick Peterson. Mm. That was I good. think. Yeah. I, I'm surprised. That's Let me tell you why. One, we really never go for big names for free agency, even though I've been begging him for the past umpteen years too. But they did. I'm actually glad because we needed some type of answer after losing Cam Sutton to the Detroit Lions, who I think is going to be exceptional well this year. I got them to win the I got them to win the NFC North. I don't see nobody stopping them. I don't see it. The Packers most likely won't have Rodgers. Jordan Love got question marks. I got question marks around Jordan Love um, with Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, the offensive line in Green Bay, which is not that great. They're secondary behind, you know, um, Jared Alexander. I got question marks about their defensive line. 
And losing Alan Lazar to the Jets is going to be a huge L for the Green Bay Packers, in my opinion. So I definitely got question marks about that. And I think on paper, Jerry Goff, listen, you can say what you want about the defense in L.A. Rams. But he did, in my opinion, play well enough for their team to get to the promised land, even though Sean McVay is an exceptional coach. But I can kind of see the same thing. On you know on the rise for uh, Dave Campbell, who to me did a phenomenal job with these past two years in Detroit. He definitely, without question, made them extremely relevant. But back to my Steelers, I'm actually happy we did get Patrick Peterson because it gave us someone hope. Even though I still feel they're going to take cornerback the first pick they get in the draft, whether they do trade up and get Gonzalez, which I feel like they're going to have to do if they want him as a Steeler you know, from Oregon, or they get Joey Porter Jr. But Patrick Peterson does bring veteranship. He is coming off his best year in Minnesota, whose defensive system is not that great. Obviously, Pittsburgh is being better. But like I said, it's going to be a good one. So I think this NFL free agency to me was shocking, but not shocking to many. It was exciting, but not surprising. And that's really where I'm landing at. But obviously, you know my second favorite move behind the offensive line being addressed in offseason. And that is, you know, who going to the ATL because now I don't got to hear their names anymore. <laughs> Excellent. You're back on the hot seat, Miles. Back on the hot seat. Well, yeah, I think it either comes down to – because, I mean, it's going to happen, uh, Aaron Rodgers to New York. Um, either that one or – I would say the Panthers trading up to number one overall. Uh, I mean, that shakes up the draft. It's a pretty interesting draft, I think, especially in the top 10. Uh, I think once you get outside of the top 10, it gets a little, you know, kind of things just sort of flow into place. Yeah. Uh, I think there's a lot of uncertainty. Because usually I think in the NFL draft in years past, it's sort of a certainty of who's going to go where in the top four or five picks. I think this year there's a lot of uncertainty of where guys are going. Um, and now you have reports about the Panthers aren't necessarily sold on who their guy is yet. It might be trading back. You know, they're still trying to figure it out. I think that's all smokescreen. I think they're sold on CJ Straub. Uh, but still, I think it creates a lot of intrigue um, for the draft because I think, as you said, I, I think as far as free agency is concerned, there were a lot of moves, a lot of big moves, but I don't think a lot of unexpected moves. So I think there wasn't anything that was like, whoa, like this came out of nowhere. Like, where did that come from? Uh, like, no Deshaun Watson, the Browns type thing, I think, <laughs> per se. Um, Still don't know why Deshaun Watson made that move. I don't either. Well, I mean, that's, I, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. He wanted out of Texas. Off the record, I'm glad Atlanta. One toxic dump to out. another? Yeah. Could it be yeah, me? I was going to say, yeah. It, coming to, boy, if he would come to Atlanta, again, that's a, that's another episode after the next episode. Things would have been a lot okay, Real quick, how did y'all let me not say this? You guys didn't even let me say that this is a Jacoby Brissett stand account, and he's going to You're Chicago. Right. You're right. That's You're all right. I got. We love Jacoby Bye. Brissett. I wanted him as a backup in Atlanta. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I would have loved to have Jacoby Him or Heineke, I was completely sold on. I was like, you give me one of those two as a backup, I'm cool with it. Yeah, Heineke, I think, I don't know, because Jacoby Brissett did win the Browns a couple of games. So I don't know. Yeah, that's why I was like, I will say one last thing on Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson. I know this doesn't necessarily uh, relate to what we were talking about, but we were, you're were talking about earlier about the, 
the whole Lamar to Atlanta thing. I think one another thing that people tend to miss, and it's, this has been conversation on Twitter, so it's not necessarily breaking news, but I think the big thing with Lamar Jackson, and specifically the Falcons, has been the fact that the Ravens can match anything that's given to him. And it's not just that they can, it's the timetable. So mm-hmm. say that the Falcons did this at the beginning of free agency when they had all this money and they hadn't spent spent on anybody yet. They would have to wait five days to see if the Ravens matched it. And say they match it, suddenly you miss out on five days, the first five days of free agency. All those guys that you wanted, Jesse Bates, Anyamata, all those dudes are gone at this point. So you either take a risk and see if maybe you can get Lamar Jackson or miss out on improving your team across the board. I think that's Mm -hmm. been the biggest reason. I I mean, I think that's the biggest reason why Lamar Jackson hasn't been picked up yet or Mm -hmm. resigned. Uh, it's literally a chess game. It's yeah. literally a chess it's game. It's one giant chess game. And I don't blame teams for wanting to do that because you're going to miss out on potentially making your team better in the meantime. Yeah. And, and eventually you're going to have to build a team around a quarterback. So yeah. what? And the Ravens want all the other teams to do their homework for them because they're like, oh, okay, like, why don't you guys set the price? And then once you guys do it, we'll just match it. It'll be fine. Yeah. But I think the reason why Lamar Jackson is most likely gone is because the fact that if I'm these other teams, I will pay him more than the Ravens would even thought to pay him. Because honestly, I will do that. And I'll be like, yeah, you want to waste my time? Now I'm going to blow your pockets up. I'm going to pay him something that I know you guys are not going to pay him. The problem is Deshaun Watson created a lot of problems oh, in the yeah. quarterback market with that, what he oh, did yeah. last year. Yes. Yeah. Um, the biggest after the, the last year, and I guess we can wrap after this, is he the, his biggest issue is he wants fully guaranteed money. Everything fully guaranteed. But and I don't think it. people... He, he does deserve it. More I think, than Deshaun did. I think every player deserves fully guaranteed money, but we're going to get into that later. But what this does, I don't think people really understand that if this deal goes through, it's literally going to change how deals are structured, contracts are made, and what they look like going forward. Because if you really look down, look at the breakdown and the structure of a lot of these con- contracts and how they're paid out, uh, it, a lot of it isn't really guaranteed until like you get to the end. So it's really going to change up the math and the availability and a lot of things that the clubs and the owners do to try to get players and everything. And I know this was a big thing that was be a big topic that was brought up in the CBA, which I believe in 2030, they're having another revisit to that or something. But if any team agrees to fully guarantee all of Lamar Jackson's contract is going to be the start of something. And I honestly think that the league kind of wants to circumvent that as long as they can. I agree. So there, there are a lot of things in play here with Deshaun. And so when I say it's a chess game, it's not Deshaun, I'm sorry, with Lamar. So when I say it's a chess game, it's literally a chess game. And Lamar's playing chess on Twitter. <laughs> Don't forget that part. <laughs> he is. He's scheming. Yes. And that's all I got. All right. That's all we have for this episode. Thank you for, to you all who's tuned in to this live session. This is your host, Shane, your host, Stacey J, your host, Kayla, and along with our special guest, thank you, Mr. Miles Garrett. For- Yes, yes, yes. Thank you for joining us on this episode, guys. If you have not already, please give this man a follow on Twitter at Miles Garrett TV. And no, it is not spelled like the Miles Garrett from the Browns.
It is spelled M-I-L-E-S Garrett TV on Twitter. Please give him a follow. Give me a follow at Shade Max Sports. Give Stacy a follow at Stacy Experts. And give our other co-host Kayla a follow at ND underscore Redhead. This has been the Mike Bomb. Once again, we are signing out. Good night, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Bomb Podcast, the podcast where the bombs get thrown. Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode. This is your host, May Shayla, exiting out. But before I do, I would like to take the time to thank everyone who has subscribed, followed, and listened to the podcast and for your overall support and love. If you are interested in getting more news and updates about the podcast, such as new episodes, new seasons, you can now subscribe and follow the podcast on your favorite platforms, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, Pandora Radio, Google Podcasts, and much more. Or you can visit www.themikebomb.com for news updates within your favorite sport leagues, along with more news about the podcast. Thank you for your support, and see you next episode. Every night and I pray, asking Lord let him heal.